This is Crowcast, the podcast from Crow in the UK, a leading audit, tax, advisory and risk firm with global reach and local expertise. In our podcast, you will hear from our specialists, offering insights and pragmatic advice to businesses of all sizes, professional practices, non-profit organisations, pension funds and private clients. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Crowcasts. I'm Jonathan Dudley, Partner Head of Manufacturing at Crow UK, and I'm delighted to welcome back to our podcast our previous guest, Steve Morley, who is President of the Confederation of British Metal Formers. Welcome back to Crowcast, Steve. Thank you, Jonathan. Great to be back. And we're thrilled to uh, have collaborated with the uh, CBM for now the fifth year uh, of our manufacturing survey. Now, we produced this uh, survey during the summer months of 2023 when there was a wealth of uh, geopolitical and UK political turmoil, the impact of a world and a country coming out of the pandemic and some of the greatest challenges that probably British industry has ever seen. We said that during the COVID era. Um, I actually think the challenges coming out of the COVID era, as we always knew when we were talking about the concept of getting back on track, um, staying on that track um, is even harder. And uh, what we want to work on now is, as well as keeping people on track, we want to actually help them not just survive, but thrive into the future. Uh, what do you think, Steve? Yeah, I couldn't agree more, really. I, I remember going through the, the pandemic and then us leaving the EU and thinking there's going to be some you know, light at the end of the tunnel. And unfortunately, it was some of the torch and turned it off because that light never came. Um, and where we find ourselves now is a very difficult period. And it's difficult for people to navigate their way through each problem um, and, you know, our report highlights lots of different issues and we're trying to, you know, fight them in different ways, you know, to solve them. Yeah, I mean, I talk in our report about the art of thrival and in calculating how you thrive and practice thrival in the future, it's all about, identifying areas in your business where you might be exposed, identifying areas where you've got risk, but actually at the same time looking um, for where the resiliencies are in your business and the opportunities are presented uh, to your business. And if you take the negatives and you, you can find processes or actions to halve the power of those, at the same time as you're doubling the power of your resiliences and your opportunities, then that has to be a way of of surviving and thriving into the future. And when you mentioned tunnels, and one of the key aspects that we found in our results was um, one of the key areas where I think there are opportunities in all the big infrastructural projects that are going ahead at least in part or in whole in the UK. We've talked before about the opportunity of the nuclear industry, but we're particularly asked by HS2 
to uh, ask some questions about the HS2 supply chain this this year. Um, and alarmingly, 73% of our respondents hadn't looked at the supply chain website. And therefore, only 43% of our respondents saw opportunity from HS2. What do you think? What's behind that, Steve, what, what, from, your, from your aspect? So I looked at HS2 probably two years ago uh, for our members. We've got 200 members across the UK. And they were saying, well, I can't be getting HS2. So I went into it. I contacted HS2. I managed to get a route to the top, uh, but never got an answer. So I spoke to the PA. And when I pressed them on what you got to do to use the UK supply chain, I never got the answer. So I think a lot of it bears from frustration and they're not understanding um, how the entry works. Um, that was two years ago. I think we had a positive meeting at Crow and HS2. I think that, you know, there's more work that HS2 needs to do to communicate with supply chain. And, and what's interesting, the, they were present at our launch. They've seen the statistics and immediately I've been buttonholed afterwards to see what we can do more about it. So that has to be positive. Which is good, it? which is good. Um, and I've encouraged them to talk to similar supply chains within uh, within the nuclear industry to, because there has to be some synergies there. Um, Can I just add, though, it's not just HS2. People who voted for leaving the EU or leaving the EU per se, whichever way you voted, should have been a, a roadway to presenting more opportunities for UK firms and projects. Infrastructure is key. This is the biggest one we've ever had in, in certainly in my lifetime. I can remember that we've, you know, but going back to when Spetty Junction was built, um, you know, I think it's probably the biggest one since then that I can remember. There's been, you know, the Channel Tunnel and things like that. I spoke about the, the this, this spine across the country. You know, it's absolutely a ginormous project. Uh, and it needs to go ahead. And we're miles behind the rest of the world infrastructure. Uh, I know it's over over cost and there's a lot to be looked at there in terms of managing cost and, and some lessons to be learned now, not not afterwards, to, to take some of this cost down, not by stopping it, by actually managing the cost better and some proper governance. But the governments, you know, need to make sure they support UK manufacturing PLC first and that doesn't happen. There's a learning point here, isn't there? Because... If you go back to the network of railways that were produced across the country, I don't know, 200 years ago, you know, that didn't all go well. Um, And uh, the learning points from building our own railway back then were actually the learning points that were put into action to sell and develop and sell British products and supply chain across the world to build railways for the rest of the world. I see no reason why the same learning points can't be brought to bear to actually leverage international trade for UK businesses if they're part of the solution, not part of the problem. I agree with that. There's, there's a bigger fundamental problem though, that, though, that we can't sell off our assets and too many companies have been sold um, to foreign uh, companies and we've lost you know, our identity. And I look at, I was on the um, on the tube only last week and I took a photo of the of the footplate by the doors as it's Metro Camel, 1973. 
Mm. Metro Camel was, you know, Birmingham firm, Washington Heath. My uncles worked there. And I thought, you know, we'll probably never see that again on a, in terms of a, a UK base place. On it. You know, Alstom is a, obviously in Derbyshire, and then hopefully they'll, you know, and move things forward. But, you know, we've kind of lost that kind of industry that, that we had as a norm. So, you know, there's a lot of it, um, things that have been sold off in this country that we need to bring back under our control. I'm not talking about nationalisation, but I'm just talking about, you know, Golden shares. Golden shares. We're talking, about, talking about energy security. We don't own the water. We don't own the national grid. Yeah. You know, they're owned by foreign pension funds, and this is all wrong, and then we've got to get drag this back under, under our control. I, I couldn't agree more. And, and, and it's interesting. 69% of our respondents said they sourced product abroad. That's UK manufacturers sourcing product abroad. With all the things that are going on in the world at the moment, that has to be seen to an extent as a challenge, but maybe even now as a risk. And I wonder how many businesses be considered mm. that if you, you know, if you continue to source cheap parts, supposedly, which are key to your supply chain from a part of the world that could well become um, de- not de rigueur within the UK economy you could end up sort of stopping the track for want of a, uh, a better phrase. Yeah, I'm, I'm really um, surprised really that um, we've been looking at reshoring probably for two or three years now and I'm really surprised that we haven't seen a, a major shift to reshoring. We've seen some good examples of reshoring but only in a few companies um, and I'm not surprised we've seen a lot more. You know, the, the geopolitical... Um, strains on supply chains now. I can't remember a time when it's been as difficult. Um, you know, I, I report quite uh, openly in my, my updates to my members about the impact of China and saying, you know, you can't, um, as some, some MPs are saying, stop dealing with China because that's, they're that far ingrained in terms of what they own. They could cause our economy so many problems that you know it would stop stop most manufacturing in the UK. That's how much in grime we are. But that doesn't mean you can still put work out there, or shouldn't mean still put work out there, given all the complications across the globe at the moment. You know, so I think there's a the lessons we learn is let's make sure that we can keep manufacturing going in the UK and keep using UK manufacturers. And and yes, there's work to be done on productivity. There's work to be done on you know, quality, but there's lots of good companies out there that I go and see who can support you know most products that you know that that people want you know whatever it's aerospace or automotive. And in fact, I think the work I've seen move doesn't move because of um, quality; it's moved because of cost. Yeah, you know, and there's a hidden cost when we're talking about increased supply chain times. Uh, and what about net zero? What about your carbon footprint? You yeah. know, what message is that sending you then? Wow. So there's, there's, you know, there's a lot, so much to go into that, you know, we really, really need to, to, you know, look in the mirror and say, hang on a minute, let's get this sorted, let's support UK yeah. manufacturing. It's very important that, that you know, we, 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 we need to have a push, in my view, on exporting, on British, great British products that the world actually wants to see, but the one thing we 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 mustn't and shouldn't export is our own uh, carbon neutral problem to mm-hmm. other parts of the world. 
Um, do you think this reshoring reluctance, um, and, and the statistics say 45% would consider reshoring, do you think a lot has got to do with the 76% reported that had difficulty retaining or recruiting skilled staff, which it seems to be a hardy perennial in all of our surveys? It's not getting any better, is it? No, it's certainly not getting any better. I don't really think that's a core a core problem for reassuring. I think it's, I think it's just simply down to cost, uh, and I think the reluctance to um, bring more cost onto your business, whoever you may be, is the reason why we're not reassuring more. Um, and I think, you know, as I've just alluded to, there's other problems around that that people should still be looking at reassuring. Um, but I've gone on record as for for many months now, probably even to last back of last year, as saying that energy is our biggest problem on the table right now in terms of cost. But long term, our biggest problem is is labour. And before COVID and leaving the EU, um, the problem was skilled labour, and now it's all labour, not just skilled labour, all labour, and people can't get. Uh, people to you know do a skilled job, but also do you know press a button job kind of thing, and 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 that's you now I've, I've relayed it to the government that this will be the biggest problem we will have in the long term, and we've got a tremendous opportunity with some of the things we're seeing in automotive figures in terms of aerospace coming back to really get things moving. And I do think the one thing that will hold us back is is, is the labour. So what's interesting is you've made the point um, and a defensive point against, um, say, sanctions about, against part of the world, um, uh, which which I kind of understand. But in order to change it the other way, there needs to be incentive. You could surely incentivise, the government could incentivise UK businesses to reshore and invest more in people. Um, and invest more in in equipment that might replace somebody that's missing that needs to press a button. Would you agree? I would agree. Um, as, as you're well aware, we've been trying to get the government to um, support manufacturing in different ways. Like for instance, the COVID loans that many people, many of our members took out from the government. Now we said let, let our members or let manufacturing companies have that as a grant and reinvest in either productivity or in green yeah. projects and you just get met with a stone wall. You know, now, both of them would have been positive support, exactly what you've just said, yeah. you know, and the money's already out there, so it's just a case of letting companies invest it rather than pay it back uh, in, in, you know, in worthwhile products that will improve our manufacturing base. Yeah, and it's interesting. The risk for the government is quite significant. I think there was some new. Uh, I saw in the news this week a major challenger bank um, has reported um, the amount of COVID loans it advanced as part of the C bills and bounce back scheme um, that have effectively they've claimed back from the government because they failed, and it, it's a frightening figure. And that's just one of the challenger banks. Um, um, so. I mean, this all be, builds up to the fact that, that with all of these challenges and all of these opportunities, 
I know something's very dear to your hearts, dear to mine, is actually manufacturing needs a voice around that cabinet table, doesn't it? Oh, it certainly does, yeah. It certainly does. I think Kuti Sunak um, once again followed a trite of uh, announcing his business council. Um, 14 companies, all top-level companies, not one. I think one was an SME, but it was a, a software company which got no relation to manufacturing. You know, there's no voice around that table for SMEs who, you know, cover 99% of the manufacturing turnover of this country, who employ the most people. Um, uh, and I'm sorry, the B5 uh, have not, even the Federation of Small Businesses, that they, because they don't represent manufacturers, so to speak, they don't represent the SMEs that we deal with, you know, and we need a voice. And, you know, I work with... Uh, three or four of the B5, but they do not say the things that more members want to be said. And we need that voice, and we need someone who's consistently involved in taking on our questions um, and, and working with us to sort out manufacturing issues. And, you know, I've got a record site. I actually think Kemi Bader listens, and she has supported some of the things I've asked for um, and some of the things that. SME, SME are asking for in terms of rules of origin, um, which is she's good because most of them don't. Um, but she, she's got such a big portfolio. We need someone direct we can go to and say, these are our problems. What are you going to do to help us? And we can give them the evidence. Um, you know, and I've trusted, entrusted in a bigger organisations the B5 to do that. And they go away and pick piecemeal what they want to talk about. A Minister for Manufacturing. A Minister for Manufacturing gives a direct route into somebody that we can talk to and put our points across to get a voice for SMEs and manufacturing in general. Well, I think that, that you know that we've built up to, to a compelling um, argument in our discussion today for that. There's clearly so much more we'd like to cover on this topic. Look out on our website and social media for more content around the... Um, manufacturing outlook results and do visit our website and you'll load your copy of our manufacturing outlook report thanks steve for taking time to join uh, me today it's really appreciated as ever and um, it's great to have uh, some insight from somebody that has so much uh, contact and influence with businesses at the cold face and thanks to everyone at home for listening and do tune in next time for other crowcasts Tune in next time for another episode of Crowcasts. For more information about Crow, our services, industries we devise, and insights, visit crow.co.uk. We are an independent member of Crow Global, one of the top 10 accounting networks in the world. You can connect with us on social media by following Crow UK on LinkedIn or at Crow UK on Twitter.